we're going to try to mind the Lord. John 4 and verse 24. And I'll read my text and pray and you can be seated. John 4, 24. It's great. I love the book of John. We're back in John again. John 4, 24. The Bible says, God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Notice the tense of the words and the verbs and how the sentence is laid out. It's taken for granted that you're going to worship. And if you're going to worship, you must do it in spirit and in truth. There's a lot of people have got a phony spirit and trying to worship and know truth. And then there's a lot of people I've been around in, in, in the Bible colleges in that direction. Down, not this one, but down that highway. And, and down that direction, and when, when I was there, they had a whole lot of truth. Didn't have hollering no spirit. Amen. I'm not saying it would say, but I mean, if you said amen, I'm serious. I'm, they would run you out of the service. That's the honest God truth. Father, we love you today and pray you'd help me to preach in the power of the Holy Ghost. Help me to say nothing more, nothing less than what you'd have me to say. Because the Lord, you know, I, my desire is... Not to have our eyes on me or anybody else, but to have our eyes on you. And Lord, if you'll help me, I want to do my best to mind you and and be sensitive to your spirit. Lord, we love you today. And Lord, I don't don't think I'm going to say anything more than what's already been outlined in this book and this pamphlet. And Lord, if I do, I pray that every word that I say will be controlled by the spirit of God. For I feel like, Lord, there's one chapter there's one nugget of truth that we need to get a hold of. It's tonight. Help us, Lord, to get it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. I don't know how many of you remember, and we'll see it in the book, in the lesson a little bit later on, but how many of you remember, I just preached on not long ago, God desires our worship. That's what John 4, 24 is about. The Bible said, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. That's telling us how we can do it. And, and God wants us. The Bible says he wants us to worship him. Hey, man, thank God. God wants us to worship him. The Bible says, God is a spirit, and they that worship him, watch this, must, they that worship, they that worship, taking for granted that when you're one of God's children, you go and worship. And now, just so you know, what's not worship, he's dealing with in this woman. And verse 20, she says, our fathers worship in the mountain. You say that in Jerusalem is a place where men ought to worship. Jesus said, their woman, believe me, the hour cometh when you shall neither in this mountain nor yet in Jerusalem worship the Father. Watch what he's going to do in verse 22. You worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For watch this, the Father seeketh such to worship him. So God is opening up her mind. He's fixing to make it plain. He that speaks to you is the Messiah. I mean, he's fixing to tell this woman plainly like he's going to tell no other person on planet earth up to this point. So I think we, we would agree tonight that God is dealing with this woman on her worship. He's dealing with her on her wickedness. Then he's going to deal with her on her fake worship. And he's going to tell her first what worship is not and the desire just because her daddies did it and the forefather, hey, that's not the right desire. So notice with me, what is worship? What, what is not worship. Let me say it like that. What is not worship? Worship is not. I started to bring one in here because somebody brought one and donated it to the church. I don't know why. We ain't never going to use it. Worship is not cranking up a smoke machine. And I know it sounds funny, but it goes on in churches every Sunday morning. Worship is not using smoke machines or synchronized lighting. Synchronized lighting has been proven to change the emotional mood of people that see it. And watch it. 
And they have whole groups sitting up in balconies that know how to turn the light and move the spotlight. Worship is not smoke machines and synchronized lighting. It's not shrieking sounds of shrills that people calls, uh, call worshiping the Savior. Hey, man, Christian rock is no more in order than Christian beer and all God's people say Worship is not showmanship, emotional, or sensationalism put on by Hollywood actors in three-piece suits. And we see it all over the place. I wouldn't name somebody I just don't feel led to. This right here is not a stage. It's a platform. This right here is a pulpit. The center of all things that go on in the house of God should go on based on preaching and teaching in this pulpit. Would y'all say amen there? It is a hub of the wheel. It is, God has chosen by the foolishness of preaching to save them which believe. You can't even get on the grounds of worship until you get born again. And how shall, amen, they preach except they be sent. And how shall they believe except they hear a preacher? God chose preaching. To save them which would believe. Amen. What, it, what worship is not, it's not, nor is it, I'm not sensational, that showmanship, nor it like a Barnum and Bailey circus, not, not that. You know, we're going to bring a, a praise team in and get about four girls up here about half dressed and get one of them banners and, you know, twirl them around. And, and what. I carry my praise team with me too, everywhere I go. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Is everybody okay? That's not what. But it's also not coming into church and sleeping while the church service is going on. It's also not stagnant. Dead Sea has five freshwater inlets, no outlets, therefore it's dead. There's a lot of Dead Sea Christians. They got fresh preaching coming in. They got fresh teaching coming in. They got fresh Bible reading coming in. They got fresh praying coming in. They got testifying of other saints coming in. And they never let it out. And and they stale and they stagnant. And stale stagnant water is swampy and stinky. Somebody say amen. Amen. It's not stale. Anybody ever eat stale crackers? I'm going to tell you what stale crackers are good for. Trash. Nasty. I can't stand soggy stuff, and I can't stand stale stuff. I don't want my bread soggy. I mean, burn it if you got to. I don't like soggy bread. Somebody help me. Amen. Amen. I don't like bland crackers. What happened to putting some salt on it? Amen. Get me them half low sodium. That's okay. I know where the salt shaker's at. I'm going to fix that. Amen. I don't like molded bread, stale bread. I I I don't like that. It's, it's not stale, it's not stagnant, it's not sleeping time, it's not sapless service. Sap in a tree is like the Holy Ghost. Amen. There is no leaves or fruit put on the tree until the sap rises again. Amen. Amen. You'll shrivel up. Hey, we got, a lot of, uh, we got a lot of folks that come to church. If they're not stale, if they're not stagnant, if they're not sapless, I'm not saying they ain't got sap. The tree still got sap. It's down in the roots. I'm saying, preacher, man, it, it, you must have a deep tap root because I ain't seen no evidence, no word. Y'all, there ain't no leaves on your tree. Amen. <laughs> ain't never been no fruit on there. I'm not doubting your salvation, but I'm saying, man, we need the sap to rise again. You know what causes the sap to rise? <laughs> Woo! When it gets heated up, man, when the sun comes out. Somebody help me, amen. It, 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 but it's also not, it's also not, we, and we got a lot of this, shriveled up saints. We should be grapes. Amen. Our branches should be full of grapes. Woo! Tapped into the vine. The fruit's in the root. We didn't do it. God did it. And we just, we got pruned. We got purged. Amen. God's trimmed us up. Man, we're putting on the grapes now. 
We ain't putting on raisins. That's shriveled up grapes. Man, I don't, maybe you like raisins. I mean, that's all right. You like raisins. But, but I don't want to be no raisin. I don't want to have the juice gone. It's not sowmanship. It's not, it's, it's not that, but it's also not the other. It's not shriveled up saints. Amen. It's not a bunch of prunes sitting around. Amen. God, help me. I used to have the juice. Boy, you used to get next to me and I'd squirt. I mean, I just, whoop. Hey, man. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. I, no. Worship ain't has been or one day will be. Worship is right now. If you go all the way back to the God showing Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve told their children, Abel got it. Cain didn't get it. Cain worshipped Rome, got mad at God, got mad at his brother, and when he didn't worship right, he didn't walk right. And for long, he killed his brother. I'm going to tell you what wrong worship will do. It'll put your hopes in the wrong thing. Amen. You'll be fake and phony, not worshiping right, not reconciled to God. And before you know it, your flesh will get over and get a hold of you. And you'll get mad at everybody that is worshiping right. And you might take it out and kill somebody. I'm telling you. I'm telling you what needs to be killed, our flesh. So we can really worship God. There's two ditches is what I'm trying. And neither one of them is worship. Being on the straight and narrow, that's worship. Realizing it's by grace I'm here, that's worship. And because of grace, I'm going to give glory. Because I've been one and I've been washed, he's worthy to get worship. Amen. Worship in our King James Bible carries back to an old English word, which means worship. means that that's a value. There's a lot of folks worship a lot of things. Some folks worship gold. Some folks worship status. Some, amen, purse, power. I, I told the men in the Bible college, Brother Jerry, here he knows I'm telling it right. I told the men in the Bible college, you got to watch three things as young preachers. You got to watch filthy lucre. You got to watch <laughs> flirty women. Ain't that what I said? Amen. Say amen right there. You got to watch filthy lucre. <laughs> it says that amen. Got to watch filthy, amen, amen, amen. Got to watch filthy, got to watch filthy flesh. Your flesh will get the best of you if you don't watch it. I'm going to tell you how to get the best of you. Not getting your worship where it needs to be. Here's what you ought to do. Based on him and Jesus Christ and what he did for you at Calvary, if you never get blessed again, you've been saved and washed and on your way to heaven. And Jesus said, if the demons ain't subject to you, don't worry about it. They's going to be it. What, Lord? We, you want us caught fire. We, we've been casting devils out. And the Lord said, don't rejoice because the demons are subject. Rejoice because your name's recorded in heaven. Because that ain't never going to change. You might be up and down spiritually. One day you might get the best of. You might get the best of your enemy one day. But thank God there's one thing that ain't never going to change. And based on that is the reason we ought to worship. How many of you saved in here? Don't lie to the Holy Ghost. How many of you glad you saved? Lift both hands then you've got enough reason to worship and enough right to worship. You don't need no other reason. Hey, man. Well, I'm, I'm mad. Well, I, wanted, I still think we're going to see some red come up. But I wanted a red tsunami. Well, thank God. Go move to Florida. There, I'm just saying. Thank God you're in South Carolina. You're shout. Amen. What I'm saying is, none of that's going to... Well, I worship the Lord. That don't change when the White House changes. Amen. Are are y'all with me? Think about... Think about... Here's the word worship also. Also carries the idea of worship. It means the value you put on something determines the attention you give it. So, so let, me, let me ask you this. Jay and Miss Rhonda, I mean, they're looking at houses now, and, but they sold a house. Okay, when someone looks at buying your house, you don't get too excited 
when they view it on the laptop. You really don't get a little bit, but you don't get too excited when they drive by and look at it. But when they come in and go from room to room, opening up doors, you get a little excited. Because now, it ain't just a picture. Now, it's not just what other people see or what I can see from the outside. But I'm on the inside. I'm checking it out for myself. And when you check out how good it is to be saved, you've got a right to thank God. You've not done a laptop viewing. You've not done a drive-by viewing. Hey, man, you've walked through it. You've enjoyed it. And God's been, that's what real worship is. Are y'all with me? So look over here on page 112. Why we should worship. Already said it, but let me say it one more time. Turn you, well, you got it right there on your book. The four and 20 elders. You say, preacher, in case I don't get back, let me say it right now. Worship is for every day and for eternity where there is end of, no end of that day. So, Every day and eternal day. It's for now, it's for later. Anybody remember now now and later candy? That's what worship is. It's now and later. Amen. It's like having your cake and eating it too. It's like enjoying it now and enjoying it later. Amen. Amen. My wife made a hamburger casserole, make your tongue slap your brains out the other day. I'm talking about good, but it was better the second day. I don't know what she did to it, but it was better the second day. I'm just going to tell you, when you realize how good it is to be saved, it gets gooder and gooder and gooder. Amen. Amen. And Revelations 4, look, look what the Bible says. You're going to be doing it in heaven forever. One day you're going to have a perfect body. You're going to be in the perfect presence. You're going to be without sin, without Satan, without failure. Y'all with me? Amen. And you're going to participate in perfect worship, unhindered, in a glorified body. I'm going to tell you, when you shout, amen. I hope everybody in here shout and testify because I'm praying God will just let me one time. I told you you'd do it. I heard a lot of people say, I ain't never going to shout. Oh, you going to shout. I done seen you shouting and praising God. I seen you getting so crazy waving palm branches. Where's that at? That's in the book of Revelation. Say amen. I ain't never going to fall down and worship. Oh yeah, you going to. I promise you, you going to. Look what Revelation 4 said. And the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne, top of page 112, and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crown before the throne saying, Thou, not because I'm worthy, not because my wife's worthy, not because my kids are worthy, when all hell is breaking loose on earth and above the earth, I can still shout because heaven is in my heart. Amen. Not just in my heart, but it's my home forevermore. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive, watch this, glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Why did God make man for his pleasure? Amen, that's, that's, that's right. We worship. Why should we worship? We worship because he deserves it. Flashback to last Sunday. He, we worship because he desires it. I just, I just mentioned it to you, but look again in John 4, 23. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth for in spirit and and in truth, for the Father, what just desireth, there's that ETH, that's a perpetual, that's an eternal. There'll never be a day, there'll never be a time, there'll never be an eternity where God does not desire you to worship him. Don't say, he don't want me to worship, he ain't moved on me to worship. No, you can't say that. Your, your flesh might not line up with him, but God desireth such those that are true worshipers that have been saved, washed in the blood, to worship him and spirit and the truth. That's the one. He desireth us to worship him. Do y'all do y'all agree with that? That's John 4, 23. He made the angels to worship. He made us to worship. Amen. He desires us to worship. Hallelujah. Jesus is dealing with that woman about her wickedness and dealing with that woman about her worship and he's going to deal with that woman and she's going to be one and then she's going to turn into a witness and she's going to tell everybody else, come out, come see a man that told me everything. Man, he's a physician that never lost a case. Amen. He's the best thing that ever happened to me. He told me everything I ever did and still he knows me. What she's saying is, 
I know y'all men know me, because that's who she went and told. They knew what kind of woman she was. She said, I know y'all men know me, but this man told me everything I did. You got to come see him. Amen. Is not this the Christ? He loves me anyhow. Oh, I say amen. Why do we worship? But then notice this. How do we worship? We worship by bowing down in his presence. If you worship God, it'll be two things. Write this in the side margin. Actually, it's going to be about four things. If you worship God, it will be according to his truth. That's what he's dealing with this woman. He said, no, you worship, you know not what. If you worship God, you're going to have to worship according to truth. That's our verse that we read. That's what God desires. Just right outside your margin. How, can, how we can worship God? Well, it's got to be according to truth. But if you're going to worship God, it, it will be according to truth. Number two, it's going to take you some time. See, here's the thing. Preacher, I'm going to come in 7.30 on Wednesday night. I'm tired. I'm wore out. I've, I've, I've fought my flesh. I've fought the enemies. I mean, I've wrestled with some friends. I've, I'm, I've had some things in my family. I, I'm just going to be honest with you, preacher. I'm tired. I'm wore out. But I'm here. But I'm going to tell you, when it gets past about 9 o'clock, I ain't going to be here. So I'm going to put you on time limit. Hey, you ain't putting me on time limit. You're putting God on time limit. i never forget first pastor in the church uh, before we reorganized him and started to work where work used to be. We used to have this man, he'd come by once in a while. I can't remember his name. But at 12 o'clock, he reached out his arm and do this. Well, y'all know me, I was a young preacher anyway, about half crazy. I mean, God saved me out of a bar room where I just loved to fight. And he was provoking the wrong one. So the next Sunday, I preached on clock watching Baptist. <laughs> I said, you know who I'm talking to. Amen. Bunch of clock-watching Baptists. Ain't that something, though? We go to a basketball game. If it goes in overtime, whoa, we're getting our money's worth. We go to watch a baseball game. If it gets in about 12, 13 innings, son, I'm talking about double header for the same price. Are you kidding me? And hot dogs have price. They're only $50 a piece. Didn't pay but $700 a ticket. Woo! I got a bargain. You leave there, you smell like beer. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Doubleheader. Woo! But we come to church, hour and a half. Man, that's it. We got to go. You ever think about that? Think about how much time will you give God on an average week compared to how much you take for yourself. It's going to take some time. It's going to be according to truth. Number three, real worship will be coupled with thanksgiving or out of thanksgiving. Hebrews 13. By him, therefore, I think it's verse 15. By him, that is by Christ, the one that suffered without the gate. By him, therefore, adverb of condition. Because of what he did, by what he did, by him saving us, by him, therefore, let us who've been saved, washed in the blood, who've been born again, who've went without the gate, who went to Calvary, who's been blood washed, blood bought, heaven bound with a hammer down, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise <laughs> continually. How often? Continually. How? The fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Everybody in this building that's been to Calvary, if you ought to worship and it ought to spring out of or at least be coupled with Thanksgiving. I don't know, Jared sent me a group text today. It was kind of, it was hilarious. And it was a Thanksgiving turkey. It looked like he had his foot up on the Santa Claus belly and he said, wait your turn, fat man. <laughs> Amen. I said, Amen. Thanksgiving, but honestly, Thanksgiving shouldn't just be a day. Thanksgiving shouldn't just go on one time a year. Thanksgiving shouldn't just be the start of deer hunting season with rifles. <laughs> amen. My wife's just fighting back saying amen. 
But deer, deer hunting, all that stuff is just extra good stuff. Thanksgiving is something we can celebrate in this country because it is by way of what went on during that Thanksgiving in them colonial villages that by them Native Americans working with that, boy, thank God for fish fertilizer, amen. I mean, they was able to survive the impending winter. It was only the grace of God. We've got a lot to be thankful about. We've got stuff to be thankful about today. Well, preacher ain't got a dime in the bank. I'm living week to week. Thank God you got week to week. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. My, I used to have drive a car not too long ago. And, and when I traded that thing in to Robbie Stott, my buddy, I went up there and sat in his office. I said, Robbie, what you going to give me for this car? And he said, well, I don't know. What's, it, what's wrong with it? I said, everything. I mean, I don't know. Nothing ain't wrong with it. I'd say, I'll tell you one thing. It's holy. Everywhere it goes, it leaves oil. I mean, it spreads oil all over the place. He said, Lord, preacher, since you was honest, I'll give you $1,300. I said, sold. Amen. Sold. He sold it the next day. Sold that thing. I mean, praise God. But it run. Hallelujah for it running. I thank God. I got a Toyota Tundra at the house. I didn't drive it today. I'm trying to spread that. It's fixing to roll over 200,000 miles this week. I'm trying to spread it out a little bit. Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for, hey, if I, got, if I get to where I'm walking, I'm borrowing Brother Child's bicycle. He's got one of them. You pedal twice and go 30 miles an hour. That's my kind of bicycling. Y'all with me? I, what, what, what I'm saying is, Brother Nathan, we got a lot to be thankful for. I'm glad we ain't in the Congo forest. We're not somewhere in Amazon. We're not trying to, hey, we're not trying to kill. Our daily activities don't, don't amount to finding what kind of rats and rodents and rabbits we can kill just to live and eat. We're not scavenging looking for potable drinking water. I'm saying, thank God we're blessed tonight. Amen. Uh, what, I, what I'm saying is it ought to be coupled with Thanksgiving. But according to truth, it'll take some time. It'll be coupled with Thanksgiving. We'll, real worship will leave behind, but it will also take a testimony. For your, real, for your worship to have the impact it needs to have on God and everybody around you, you need to have a testimony. Imagine Lot worshiping. I mean, he tried to testify to them and they didn't count his testimony as nothing. They burnt up in the fire, judgment of God, because his testimony wasn't worth a dime. He lost everything because he lost his testimony. It's going to take a testimony, but I'm going to tell you it's going to leave one. Ask these little kids when they write the church service. They'll have me up here preaching. They'll usually have a Bible in this hand and his hand lifted. And, and sometimes they'll, I wish I could do this. They'll draw fire around me. Boy, I wish, hey, man. Boy, we'd fill this church up, wouldn't we? Hey, man. Oh, Oliver B. Green said, how do you get everybody to come to your tent meeting? He said, I just pray God set me on fire. They come watch me burn. It's the truth, man. People will drive, they'll get out of bed at 2 o'clock in the morning because they hear the scanner go off and drive 50 miles to see something burn to the ground. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I mean, hey, mama, we got the flu. What's wrong? Something's on fire. Woo, get the clothes on. Let's go see what's burning. That's why we ought to be a church that's on fire. Y'all with me? It'll leave a testimony. It'll take a testimony. How can we worship? Notice what he said in bottom 112. I love this verse. One of my favorite verses. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. See, real worship, real worship, if you're not on your hands and you're not on your knees, literally, you'll be that way internally. But real worship will start low and it'll end up in praise high. Are y'all are with me? Real worship is what Isaiah did when he walked in and saw the Lord high and lifted up and he was discouraged because his president was dead. You know that he was the trump of the day, Uzziah. I mean, he, he said, Israel first. Amen. Amen. Knock down the walls. Take, expand the borders. Bring in some conduit. Let's get some fresh water in here. Take care of my people, which are God's people. 
when he died, he got real discouraged. And he walked in, and the Lord let him see him, the real king, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. And Uzziah had spent the first few chapters saying, When he's all said and done, he didn't say, woe is you, woe is you, woe is you, woe is you. When he saw God for who he was, he bowed down and said, woe is me. That's the way to be. It'll be woe first. It'll be low. That's the blood getting on you. And then it'll be go. Woe, low, go. That's, that's, that's it. If you're going to do something for God, he's got to start with some woe. He's got to start with some worship. got to bow down. That, you, you can look the words up later, but you ought to look the words up in Psalm 95, 6. It carries the idea of a dog licking the hand of the master. Realizing, yeah, you ever seen one of them dogs? I've I seen one right down the street here. I got a little perturbed at it. The Bible said a righteous man loveth his beast. I mean, y'all might think it weird, but I like, I love them little chickens over there. I like them. I believe that's, I believe that's Bible. Now, I, I don't worship them. I don't think more of dogs than I do people. Some people do. Amen. They do. Them, you know, them tree huggers. I don't. I, don't, I mean, I don't think a red-headed woodpecker ought to keep a man from building a log cabin on his house. If he wants to build one, let him build one. This world's crazy. You know, they actually got, uh, what do you call them places? They, they actually, I'm trying to think of the name. What do you call them places that uh, have a place for deer to grow up and they can't be killed? What do you call them? What did you say? Thank you, Miss Keisha. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> Miss Keisha said, I know where they are. That's why I go kill them. No. <laughs> All right. you, you know, this, this place is crazy. There is actually a mosquito sanctuary. I'd like to somebody go over there and fog them. I mean, y'all with me? Burn them all down. Why did, why did Noah help me out? I don't understand some things, but... I, I mean, he had a wood boat and he took two termites on there. Y'all help me out. There's some things I don't understand. I don't know how it works. But hey, God's God and he can do what he wants to do. Here, here's the thing that I don't understand. I don't, I don't believe in all that, but I, but I do believe a man should love his beast. I believe a man, if he's got an animal, God trusts him with it. He ought to take care of it. He ought not be mean to it and cruel to it. I was right over here visiting. Knocked on a man's house. Knocked on his door. He didn't hear me. I heard him outside. Y'all heard me tell this. Heard him outside. He had a dog. Brother Child, you talking about breaking heart. I, I still don't like it. It still gets me bothered. He had a dog, and this dog was like an Australian shepherd dog, maybe a mutt, something little like that. He would say, come here, boy, come here, boy. And he'd come to me, take a stick, and beat him. And that dog would run. And he'd call him, and he'd come right back, take a stick, and beat him. He'd lick his hand, and then he'd beat him. I said, hey, come over here. I'll beat you with that stick. I mean, y'all might think I'm crazy, but I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Now, I know that wasn't real Christian. I was only about three years into pastoring, so I wasn't sanctified, you know. Well, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I don't like that kind of stuff. I called the cops on it. I don't like it, Brother Scott. I don't believe that's right. But that's the idea. That's, that, that's the idea. That dog loved his master even though his master didn't treat him good. Now, we, the idea is it, we got a master that treats us real good, but we've reversed it. Be honest, we, we beaten him. He'll let us come to him and he'll pet on us and love on us and, and we'll take a stick to him. He, he reversed it, Brother Childs. Ain't, it ain't right. Are, are y'all getting what I'm saying? Here, here's what I believe. Here's what I believe, Brother Jerry. God wants us as children of God to get in the right frame of mind when it comes to worship. 
Notice what he said there in, in, in the bottom of that page, in the bottom of page 112. He said, let us bow down. Let's kneel before the Lord our maker. Oh, thank God. Kneel before the Lord our maker. Look on top of page 113. Jesus said, amen, and in the New Testament. And I love this because there's an Old Testament verse and a New Testament verse. There wasn't no need. Man, this is one of the greatest lessons. Thank God. Look at Matthew 28, 9. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying, oh, hell. And watch what happened. The first time they've seen the resurrected Christ, nobody had to tell them what to do. Nobody had to try. The Bible says they came and held him by the feet and worshiped him. They knew instantly what to do. Man, when the Lord shows up, we need to get at his feet and worship him. And all God's people say, how to worship. How do we worship? We bow down. How do we worship? Y'all have heard me preach this message before. Psalm 134, verse 2. We worship by lifting our hands. I, I, I preach that message on lift up your hands in the sanctuary. Why? Hey, there's a lot of reasons why you lift hands. On Western movies... You lift your hands because you surrender. You know how you lift your hands in church? I surrender, Lord. Hey, man. You lift your hand to salute. Hey, Lord, you in charge. I'm respecting you. You have higher authority than me. Hey, man. You lift your hand in school because you got a question. Are y'all with me? God, I, I need your help over here. Hey, let me, but, but lifting hand is a participation. That's you getting involved. In the average Baptist church, if someone called 911, and told them we're going to keep having church, come in and get the dead, man. they take 10 or 15 out before they got the right one. Hey, if you, hey man, y'all know I'm right. I mean, it's like, hey, man, hallelujah. I'll tell you what else he used to say. This was back when he was about 15. It's what, he'd run the sound system, I guess, maybe six, He might have been 16. Here's what else he used to say. He said, Dad, you know what we ought to do? We ought, we ought to get Brother Papa Randy to run copper wire under the carpet and run it up in every pew and stick it up. And then he said, when you say, hey, man, I'll say, and he, whoop. <laughs> he said, hey, hey, man. He said, Daddy, we'll have everybody lifting their hands. Hey, man. I still like that idea. Hey, man. Hallelujah. Hey, man. We put that stuff in here like a sprinkler system. Hallelujah. God help us. We worship by lifting our hands, Brother Jared. And look, that's the Old Testament. But here's the New Testament. I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. And look, not only lifting our hands, but we worship by singing. You say, preacher, I can't sing a lick. Get in the choir. Everybody sounds good when they get in the choir because you blend with one another. You say, preacher, I really want to sing. Here's what you do. Go find you a tree that's got a big hole in it. Stick your head up in it. And just go to singing, and you'll sound so good, you'll rear back and let her fly next time you get back to church. Get in, get in a barrel, stick your head in a barrel, and just go to singing. Or get, get right down the road when ain't nobody listening. Hey, man, thank God. You worship the Lord by singing. Hey, man. Here's what 2 Chronicles 29, 30 says. Moreover, Hezekiah the king and the princes commanded the Levites to sing praise unto the Lord. They commanded them. Is that not what your book says? Is that not what your Bible says? 2 Chronicles 29, 30, Moreover, Hezekiah, the king of the princes, commanded Levites to sing praise on the Lord with the words of David and of Asaph, the seer, and they sang. Y'all see that in the King James Bible? They sang praises. There's a difference in singing and singing. Amen. And praises with gladness, and they bowed their heads and worshiped. Here, the preacher and the, uh, the, the Levites and, and the leaders and, and, and the Leaders, the princes, the leaders of each tribe, they said, hey, y'all get up and sing. I don't think not one of them says, well, preacher, uh, uh, I don't feel led to sing. No, they sang. Bible said they didn't have a meeting. They never formed a committee. They didn't take 14 singing classes. Bible says they got up and they sang. Hey Amen. Look in Hebrews 2, 12. Saying I, will, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren and the midst of the church will I sing and praise unto thee. We worship by lifting our hands. We worship by getting involved. We worship by singing. We worship by giving. Look at Psalm 
and First uh, Chronicles sixteen twenty nine. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto His name. Bring an offering and come before Him. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. We worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Hey, I'm not adding this. This is what it's a great lesson. It's the truth. Do you know that uh, uh, worship manual? I can't remember now. I think it's FM one zero five. I can't remember. Whatever it is in the chaplain corps of the United States military, worship is offering is classified as worship. Even the Department of Defense of the United States military recognize when a person gives an offering, it is a form of worship. I say amen. I say glory to God. I say praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. I know, I know, I know. If, if, I was going to say something. Let me just say it like this. If the price of baloney was cheaper, we could give. I know. I, I wish I could tell you. I know. I'll tell you what. My, ask my wife what we spent last week. When y'all wake up from passing on groceries, when y'all wake up from passing out, then you'll shout. Amen. Groceries are high. Gas is high. I wish I could tell you inflation is going to go down. It's probably going to get worse. But there is good news. Anything I give to the Lord, it's a form of worship. And I'm going to do it for the glory of God. Amen. Matthew chapter 2, verse number 11. Watch what happens when Jesus is born and, the, and, and those precious wise men, because wise men seek God and all God's people said, and wise men offer to God. Watch what the book says. And they, fell, they saw Mary and they fell down, watch this, and worshiped him. And they opened their presents and pre presented, opened their treasures, and they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Hey, man, hallelujah. Man, I, you, could, you ought to do a study sometime on, on how much gold they, it's not like that little thing that the kids bring in on, on you should read and do a little bit of studying on that. And uh, man, I forgot how much it was now, I was trying to think. It, is, it was so much gold. One of the reasons, Brother Childs, they had a caravan of camels is to carry all the gold and all the frankincense and all the myrrh that was, hey, man, they were presenting gifts, treasures to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. My, thank, thank you, Lord. We worship by giving an offering. We worship by embracing truth. I said it earlier. It'll be according to truth. Look at Psalm 138, verse 2. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth, for thou hast magnified the word above his name. Now, sinners call on his name to get saved, and all God's people say it. Demons are cast out by the power of his name, and all God's people say it. And yet the Bible says he's exalted his word above his name. That's powerful right there. And John 4, 24 is one of the verses, our, our verses that we read. God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The Bible is clear, page 114, that worship is an attitude that reflects an awareness of God. That's what Uzziah did. That's what every one of us. Look, look in Psalm 99, verse 9. Exalt the Lord our God. Worship at his holy hill, for the Lord our God is holy. Look at one, for, uh, Luke 1, 46. And Mary said, my soul doth magnify the Lord. Psalm 9, verse 1. I will praise thee. I'm not waiting on my wife, not waiting on my brother, not my sister, but it's me, O Lord. I will praise thee, O Lord, and with my whole heart I will show forth all thy marvelous work. Who do we worship? We know who we are to worship. Look on page 115. Biblical worship. That's what Jesus was telling that woman at the well. You know not what you worship. You know not how you're to worship. You know not where you are to worship. You know not why you are to worship. You know not how you are to worship. You don't even know who you are to worship. This is what he's telling her. Here's what he's saying. And, and, and this is... I believe she got it. When you realize the water that I've got, when you realize the life that I can give you, when you realize the forgiveness that I'm offering you, when you realize who it is that, I'm, that it is that I, that's talking to you, that's when you really go and worship. And she got it. She left the water pot and she went and told somebody because she said, I don't want to just worship him. I just don't want to get washed by him. I want everybody I know to get in on what I've got. See, real worship, 
makes you want to see others worship. Amen. Worshiping God is recognizing his person, Nehemiah 8.6. Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen. Do y'all think it's Bible to say amen? Let's look, look, look at page 115. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 6. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people, all the people answered, this is y'all's part, with lifting up their hands and they bowed their head and they worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. That's what you call getting in on it. Amen. They worship recognizing his person. They worship recognizing his power. Second Kings 17, 36. But the Lord who brought you up out of the land of Egypt with great power and stretched out arm, him shall ye fear and him shall ye worship and to him shall ye do sacrifice. You know what they, t- you know what? They're referring back to that time when they got up out of Egypt. You remember, you remember what Moses told Pharaoh, and he said, well, okay, fine. I, he tried to bargain with him, tried to get him to leave his wife, leave his kids. Then he said, take your wives, leave your kids. He said, no. He tried to bargain with him, bargain with him, bargain with him. He said, okay, okay. If you're not going to worship the Lord in this land, can't worship God in sin. If you're not going to worship and not go too far, you can't worship by going halfway. you got to go all the way. And if you're not going to worship just you and leave your family behind, he said, no. He said, when we leave, we're going to take every hoof, every blessing, we're going to take, and we're going to go three days' journey based on the third day. Amen. Based on the third, everybody say amen. Based on the third day, he said, we're going to worship. We're going to take everything with us. Here's what Moses said, because we don't know what all we're going to need when we get there to worship. Here's what Moses is saying. Moses is saying, when I get in on worship, I'm taking everything I got with me, and I'm going to try to give it all, if I need to, to worship him. When it got done, they were so in the mode of giving everything they got to worship the king that brought them out of Egypt and brought them into Canaan. When they got to building the tabernacle, they weren't even in Canaan yet. When they got to building the tabernacle, you, you know what they did, Brother Charles? Moses had to send people out there and say, hold up. <laughs> we don't need no more money. Quit bringing it. We've got everything we need. Cut it off. Wow, that's folks getting in on worship, amen. Worshiping God for his power. Worshiping God for his person. Worshiping God, recognizing his perfection. Deuteronomy 32, because I will publish the name of the Lord and ascribe greatness unto our God. He is the rock, capital R. His work is perfect for all his ways are judgment. A God of truth and without iniquity. Iniquity, just and right is he. Worshiping God is recognizing his performance. I will praise thee, O Lord, from my whole heart. I will show forth all thy marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in thee. I will sing praise to thy name. Worshiping God is recognizing his preeminence. First Chronicles 17, 20. O Lord, there is none like thee, neither is there any God beside thee, according to all that we have heard with our ears. Psalm 86, 8. Among the gods, little g, there is none like unto thee, O Lord, neither are there any works like unto thy work. You know what he said? He said, man, I can't can't find a reason not to worship God. When I think about all you've done and all you've done for me, I can't help but want to worship. Oh my. We ought to recognize his power, recognize his performance. Look at what he's done in your own life. And if you give him the right preeminence in your life, you'll realize he deserves to worship more than anything else. We already dealt with why we don't worship. But notice what 117, top of the page, Proverbs 28, verse 9. Notice what it says. He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be an abomination. There's times when people don't want to hear the truth and shall be turned into fables. We're in that day. Second Timothy chapter 4. Great peace have they which love thy law. Watch this right here. Y'all heard me say it. And nothing shall offend them. If people, if we would get where we need to be, and love the law of God and the word of God like we should, watch this, nothing shall offend them. It didn't say none of his words shall offend them. It is saying we are unoffendable. It is impossible for people to love the Lord and love the word of God like we should and get offended. Anybody need to pray yet? Amen. Amen. God, 
God's not impressed with those that worship him in ignorance. God's not impressed with those who try to worship him in sin. God's not impressed with them who worship and showmanship, nor is he impressed with them that worship, or should I say, lack of worship in their stale and deadness. God, God's, God wants, he desires us to worship him. So let me say it like this. He desires our worship. He deserves our worship. He demands our worship. He desireth us to worship him. He deserves our worship of him. And he demands it. The Bible says give the glory due his name. That means the bill's owed and we should pay it. Here's, here's, here's what Psalm 22 verse 3. I love this verse. But thou art holy. You ought to write this on the bottom of your page or side margin. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of of Israel. Brother Scott, I like it when the Lord shows up. And I know where he's at. You know where he lives at? You know where he dwells at? You see that at the right hand? I, 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 in heaven, I know. He, well, he, he lives in our heart. I know that. But here's where, it's not just there. He inhabits your praises. If you want the Lord to show up in your day, go to praising him. Oh, that's where he lives. That's where he inha inhabiteth. He is, that's an eternal thing. Amen. Always, yesterday, today, and forever. Back in 1600s, 2022, till Jesus, and all the way through glory, we will worship him. I've seen you. Waving palm branches. I've seen you in that number singing that old song. Thou art worthy. Amen. Thou hast redeemed us to God by thy blood. Amen. Everything in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, the sisters in her sea heard I sing blessing, honor, and glory and power be unto him that sit upon the throne and of the Lamb forever and ever. And all God's people say it. God wants us to worship him. He desires us to worship him. We're going to worship him every day. God wants us to worship him every day. He desireth and he inhabiteth and God help us to worship him. Man, he's the best thing ever happened to me. You say, well, why, why should we worship him? Who else is like him? He's a pilot who's mastered every storm. He's a physician who's mastered every sickness. He's a potentate who's mastered Satan. <laughs> He's a prophet who mastered all suspicion. He's a partner, a friend who mastered every sorrow, every solitude, every seclusion. He's a priest who, a high priest who mastered our sin, and he's a prince, hey man, who's in control of every situation. We have nothing to fear. You can start in A's and go all the way through Z. He's the author and finisher of our, he's the bread of life, amen. And all the way to Alpha and Omega, and all the way to the end, there's nobody like him. He's Zion, sitteth upon a hill. We've got somebody that we ought to worship. And when we get to heaven, the only man-made thing in heaven will be the wounds in his hand. And somebody will say, what are those wounds in thine hands? And he'll say, those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. And in heaven, we'll see him who deserves worship. I'll never forget that old missionary story, and I'll close this. You do that student activity. And uh, I'll get Brother Dwayne to send it to you in that deeper dive. Him and Miss Keisha, they'll send it to you. 